Welcome back to the Under the Parade podcast. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Arredondo from the training section. And before we begin this episode, I do want to give a few quick announcements. So first off, I want to say we're excited to have Senior Airman Soller and Senior Airman Cowan joining us for this week's episode. They're going to be joining the Under the Beret podcast team with hosting and producing future episodes, and we're super excited to have them. Um, next up, I want to say that in this episode, we're going to be discussing some potentially um, difficult subject matter to listen to. Uh, that subject matter is going to do with alcohol abuse, depression, and anxiety. So I would encourage if you find yourself struggling as you listen to this episode, please reach out to someone you trust, a family member, a friend, a coworker, um, supervisor, or leadership team. Um, if you do find yourself in that position, I would hope that you find encouragement in Sergeant Weedo's story of overcoming those struggles and uh, the hope that there is in the future. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick it off. And as always, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can stay tuned for all the exciting future episodes that we have. And so, first up, Sergeant Weedo, how are you? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? Doing well. Good. I am thankful to have you on the podcast. I have you as a friend, and now I get to have you... On the podcast, which is exciting. Exactly. Glad um, to be here. Yeah. So, Sergeant Weedo, for those who don't know, where do you work in our squadron? I am the world's greatest confinement NCO. Amen. I see. I agree. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, Sergeant Weedo works in confinement, and um, me and him have been friends for a little while. And so, um, I know a little bit about his story from talking to him offline outside of work, and um, I was able to ask him if he wanted to be on the podcast, and he considered it and said he'd love to come on and share. So with that, we're going to um, kind of jump right into it. And so Sergeant Weedo, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks listening? Well, Sergeant Weedo, first name's Tim, come from a small town in Pennsylvania, um, decided to join the Air Force, do a little bit of traveling, mainly to get out of my town because there's not much there. Um, and where are you from again, you said? Oh, uh, Kane, Pennsylvania. Very Kane. small town. Yes. Okay. Um, I've been in the military 11 years. This is my fifth base. I've had one deployment as well. I've been to Interlake, Turkey, Ramstein, Germany, Andrews in Maryland, Offutt in Nebraska, and now here. Oh, wow. Were you an egg? I was. Oh, excellent I was. egg card. Yes. That's funny. Awesome. Okay, cool. So you've been, you've been around the Air Force for a little while. Have some experience. Um, so today, for those of you listening, we're going to be talking about Sergeant Weedo's experience with overcoming some alcohol struggles. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um, so why don't you kick it off with, um, tell me a little bit like the struggle you have with alcohol. When was that something you became aware of? And um, how did you know it was an issue for you? So a lot of people don't know this, but this is my second time going through ADAPT. Oh, uh, each yeah. experience was different, uh, but I'd like to focus on this one because this is the first time I've actually self-identified and mm. had the courage to go into ADAPT. Okay, yeah. Um, so essentially after my divorce, I moved and I was alone. I felt alone. Um, instead of reaching out, I chose to turn to alcohol essentially. Didn't think it was a problem because we live in a culture where it's more acceptable to drink more than we should yeah um and uh it was just a spiraling problem 
uh, the, the drinking caused anxiety. Uh, so it's a, it's a spiral effect, and that's essentially where it got me to where I reached out to someone uh, else who had issues with alcohol, and that's when I actually got help. Okay. Um, now this, the second time that you went through mm -hmm. that you were talking about now, was that while you were here at Langley? Yes. Okay. Um, so you'd been through before, yes. um, with this experience where you self-identified, talk me through what it looked like with that person you just mentioned, where you went to them first. Um, what, what was that relationship like that you were able to talk to them? I knew this person decently well enough to know that they had been through ADAPT as well. Okay. So I figured that would be my best bet at getting some insight on how to go about self-identifying and some of the adversities they have faced. Um, so one night I just realized I needed to change. I had been thinking it in the back of my mind, but I just kept putting it off and that's the worst thing you can do is put it off, get help early and often. Yeah. Um, so essentially I just called them one night, they came over, we talked it over, the next day I was in the mental health office self-identifying. Okay. So that's the, the avenue that you went, is you actually went to mental health to go self-identify there. Correct. Okay, awesome, good to know. Um, yeah, you said something that I was actually thinking about earlier today as we were getting ready for this podcast, that drinking is such a normal part of our culture, right? Yes. And excluding military, you know, not even putting that in the picture, um, it's definitely kind of seen as like the cool, fun thing to do, right? And um, as adults, we we kind of center our our social spheres around going out to eat and drinking, right? You want to, hey, do you want to go for a drink? Do you want right. to go out to the club? Do you want to go do this or that? Um, there's so much where it's just kind of, if you don't have drinking, sometimes it feels like, oh, what am I supposed to do, you know? Um, not a lot of people want to sit and play board games or don't realize that uh, board games can actually be pretty fun, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that and then how it's just kind of embedded in culture, even when you think about like college and fraternities, right? When the times when we're trying to learn to become productive members of society and healthy members of society, where that's where we learn these habits of like super excessive drinking or just thought of as normal, you know? Um, and it's, it is crazy. And then you put the military in that right. and, you know, we, I think in uniform sometimes have, um, increased levels of pressure and stress and anxiety and with moving and deployments and all this and that, that it's one of those quick and easy accessible routes to turn to, to cope with things without realizing that it can actually make things much worse. Um, so yeah, thanks for, for, for bringing that up. Um, so walk me through when you self-identified, when you met, went to mental health. Um, I know you said you, you needed a change. You realized that, but you had already been through ADAP before. So did you have thoughts of like, you know, oh, this isn't going to work out the same because I've already done it? Or, you know, were you like, this is, you know this is going to be a repeat or were you nervous still or with that new kind of energized you know knowing that you needed help what was your thought process there so I live by the old adage no one is going to help themselves unless they want to and I came into the mental health building with more confidence than I did last time because I was forced to go last time and this time 
I had the strength to actually come in and say, I have a problem. I realized my drinking habits had pretty much reset back to the original time I went. Okay. And yeah, so it felt better knowing I had the control over the situation. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and I think that when you were in the second time was actually when I had like first met you. Um, and I would have, you know, never known anything that you were actually going through any of this had you not told me after we, you know, hung out a few times. So was that easy to do this second time going around or did it take some time to build up to be open about it? I felt it very easy. And I say that because there were not a lot of signs that I had a problem. Okay. And I wanted to be open and honest with everybody just in case there was that one person that was struggling and felt, hey, if you could do it, I can, or I'm gonna go to him for advice. Nice, that's awesome. That's really great. Um, cool, so once you started this second time, what was the actual struggle with the temptation to continue to drink like? How intense was that for you? Um, to be honest with you, a lot of my drinking came from boredom and mm. the first time I kind of white knuckled the program this time I actually paid attention to the words they said uh, the lessons they taught so I essentially just kept myself busy I got into weightlifting got into hiking um, nice. just kept busy essentially okay and I had a very strong support system this go around okay yeah talk what's that what was that support system like uh, honestly y'all from the unit Y'all have been great. Um, I had a bunch of my friends from back home, uh, my family. I was more open with them and told them what the rules are from now on. Say mm -hmm. I go home, like, I will not be around alcohol. And if I am, like, I will not be pressured or joked about. Um, I was more firm with myself and basically my rules of how I was going to continue on. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just curious. So yes. I know for a lot, a lot of people, like, so many people have heard ADAP. Uh, but what exactly do you go through? What, what does that look like for somebody who's never done it or who's uh, interested in seeking that out? What, what exactly did you go through? So there are different levels of ADAPT. I went through the level one treatment, which is essentially a, it's an outpatient program where you come in for the first two months, you come in every Tuesday for group. Mm -hmm. um, you're not allowed to drink, obviously. And then after those initial two months, then you go into what is called aftercare. And that's where you sit down with your um, treatment team, which is essentially your leadership, the ADAP counselors and yourself, and you make a decision whether you believe you should be able to drink again or not. Um, and then in aftercare, essentially, they just ensure that you're not drinking through um, blood tests randomly, and you go to either A, the responsible drinking group, where you are with everybody else who has chosen that group, and you talk about various topics, um, review some of the old topics you went through during the initial two months, and then uh, B, you could go through the uh, abstinence group, which you just continue to abstain. And then essentially you keep going, and then you have another treatment team meeting, and then you go from there. Is that what you chose, the, the abstinence group? No, I chose the responsible drinking group, and okay. the reason I chose it is because I wanted to be exposed to alcohol while I was still under medical supervision. Ah, mm. right. Yeah. Which, if that's if you don't think that's right for you, anybody who's listening, don't take my advice. I think <laughs> it's best for me. Yeah. No, I think that's an important... Uh, thanks for the question first. Um, I think that's an important um, piece to, to bring up. You know, it's... 
I think that journey is going to look different for every single person. Right. Um, and obviously I haven't been through ADAP myself, but you know, in talking to you, it does, it's very individual, you know, those leadership teams and medical teams, they work with you as a person to figure out what your boundaries are, you know, what your path forward is going to be right. and supporting you in that, you know? So that's super awesome. And thanks for bringing that up. Um, so we're going to transition a little bit to some of the kind of taboo of the ADAPT as security forces members. Um, I think that anything medical or mental health or behavioral health or alcohol, um, you know, we kind of always go back to that one thing as like, oh gosh, am I going to lose my guns? Am I going to go DNA? Am I going to get kicked out? Right. Um, and those are the, I think one of the biggest fears from people. But I want you to share a little bit about your experience because I don't think it's been that way for you um, as much. So if you don't mind, just kind of talk about your career, how things have happened and flowed since you went to ADAP. So I think things have been going better than ever. Um, the whole losing your guns piece, I, that's complete nonsense to me. If you need help, get help. Yeah. I know it's cliche, but losing your guns for a short amount of time. I only lost mine for two months. Okay. I was able to arm up and adapt. Wow. Now, that is a decision the commander makes with the medical team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, they saw it fit, and I have armed up since, and I have been thriving. Okay, cool. So, yeah, you lost your guns for just a little bit, um, which, like, I agree. I think it's such an important part to echo, right? Like, no matter what kind of help it is that you need, like, yourself and your life and your health matters first and foremost. Because if you're not in it mentally, if you're not in it physically, then you can't be in it for the mission. You can't be in it for the career and long term. Um, not even just for the mission, but for yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, there's not going to be a long term. Um, you know, I think we all kind of know some of those effects of excessive drinking and anxiety and stuff. It, it leads to depression and this horrible cycle. So, you know, the way out of that sometimes and should be all the time is getting that help, right? Um, and so I agree. Thanks for sharing that. And then, yeah, so you're in confinement now and, you know, thriving here in the unit. And I know personally, having worked with you, um, just an outstanding performer who's super reliable. And um, I think one of those pillars in the unit that we can all look to, to, to have a good work ethic and help out when needed. So great. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, we're going to transition a little bit again. So you are, tell me where you're at right now with the second go round of ADAPT. So I have my final appointment, which is just gonna be a quick checkup. Uh, unfortunately, my case manager deployed, so there was a little bit of a miscommunication in the system. So I have one more appointment, and then my final treatment team meeting, and I will be done. Congratulations, that's super <laughs> exciting on the you. second go round. So what does life look like for the second time after you went through the self-identify route, you had some more motivation, some more confidence, and when it ends, from ending the first time to ending this time, what's gonna be different? I am going to keep with what I've been doing. I'm so much happier now that I've found essentially purpose. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've improved so many other ways. I've lost close to 30 pounds. Which is what I noticed since I met you. And I was like, dang, this guy's getting healthy. Like he's working out. And I had no idea that that was such a part of, you know, this journey with you. Um, 
which is super cool, but sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Uh, um, essentially, I'm just much happier this go-around than I was last time, so. uh, partially due to being forced to, which I'm still glad that I was forced to go the first time because who knows where I'd be if I wasn't. Yeah. Um, essentially, I'm just going to, like I said, keep with what I'm going. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, awesome. So... I'm going to end it on the last two notes unless you guys have anything you want to add. Um, do you have any regrets about anything in the process or anything you do differently? I know that's a kind of weird one, but I think that, you know, some people think that they're going to regret it if they go because of a certain impact. So um, I just want to know if there's anything you, you think you regret about the process. I regretted not going sooner. Mm. Was there any barriers that you faced along your journey um, that you said like you, you didn't go sooner? What were those barriers in your opinions for ADAP kind of looking like as that journey progressed? So this is a hard one for me because I already have been through the process. I wasn't scared of the process. I was scared to admit I had a problem again. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Which, that's a part of recovery, too. Yeah. It's not always a linear path. And mm. uh, you'll learn that if you go in mm. through this course. Say it again. It's not always a linear path. That's not, not stuff right there. I think that applies to so much in life, right? Yep. As long as there's a positive trend. Wow, that's good. Cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, what's up, sir? I guess I was just a little curious. So I know there's a bunch of different people that listen to this. What would you say to somebody who, you know, was in your similar position? They're struggling. They're just not sure. What would you say to that person? Uh, just like a, a little piece of advice or... Call me. Mm -hmm. I will give you all the information you need. Call anybody. Yeah. Reach out. That's the best thing you can do is reach out. Yeah. Well, that's good. Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, we thank you for sharing your story, and we're going to kind of wrap up here. And um, I think I just want to also put out there, I think this is such a timely message, right? Um, we kind of try and talk about, different subjects on the podcast throughout different times and make it relevant to what's going on. And obviously with New Year's just passing, I think a lot of people have that resolution, right? Dry January, I want to give up drinking. And uh, I think there's a study that says it takes like 27 days or 30 days or something like that to make habit and change a pattern. And so we're coming up on that time frame now where people may be struggling or maybe on the brink of really making a deep change with themselves. So Hopefully, if you're listening out there, um, this is something that you're going through or struggling with, or you just want some more information about it, um, we're going to put some additional resources here at the end of the podcast for you to reach out to um, if needed. And then, of course, our widow is available as well. Thank you for sharing so much. We appreciate you, sir. Um, and with that, any other notes from the team? Thank you so much for coming on. I know a lot of people... Uh can sometimes it's it's a hard topic to admit so mm -hmm. i gotta give it to you this you, you're well, that you come up here and, and share your story i appreciate you having me it's uh it's a good way to get it across to a lot of people so okay. i thank you of course yeah awesome all right well don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and we will be pushing out new episodes in the future uh, we got an awesome team getting ready to step up and take it in a new direction so uh, click subscribe and we will see you next time.
Thank you again for listening to this episode of Under the Brave Podcast. And as mentioned, we do want to make some resources available if you are struggling with alcohol or substance abuse. So if you are, please check out the JBLE website at jble.af.mil, or you can contact the mental health office for questions about ADAP at 757-764-6840. If you're not on the JBLE installation, please contact your local mental health organization and they should be able to answer your questions.